Good morning. Sunday morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Easter. This is Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio, sir, to our live show that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world today, what you can do about it giving some recommendations, some suggestions, breaking through propaganda, all the fun stuff that has to be involved now when we talk about literally anything because everything is garbage. But it is Easter, of course. I hope everybody is having a good celebration and is able to, you know, uh, hang out a little bit with family, relax a little bit. Some people actually get a long weekend, uh, which is also pretty awesome when that happens. And also a little bit surprising because, you know, holidays are always a really funny thing because I think it's great when people get time off. But one of the funnier parts is like, if anyone remembers like the uh, Columbus day controversy where all of the leftists were angry about Columbus day. And so they wanted to get rid of it, you know, cause it was racism Of course, until it was like, well, if we get rid of it, you don't get a day off. And then everyone's like, Oh, let's call it uh, indigenous people's day. <laughs> I should still get the day off, even though basically I still want my holiday, my day off. I just, you know, we can just change the meaning however we want, because getting a day off from work is really all that matters anymore. Right, right. Like <laughs> That's the real holiday. Yeah. Um, G- Jesus rose from the grave and forgave you of your sins so you could get work off at the bank. Um, that was really the point. That was the point the whole time. Um, Got to get it off somewhere. <laughs> but um, an interesting week, a week that actually connects to previous shows, which is always a, a lot of fun. So one of the first things that I want to bring up is I hilariously had this debate, and I know I brought it up on the show last week when we were talking about the Trump indictment, is there was a group of people, you know, not even necessarily never Trumpers, but just like people that were sort of in the, um, I would say, like the conservative, you know, thought sphere um, content creators and, and whatnot that consistently wanted to uh, bring up, you know, if Trump just wasn't kind of, I guess, compromised, gross, what, whatever the word is that they wanted to use. If he wasn't a certain way, then we wouldn't have had the problems with like, you know, Stormy Daniels, because the whole Stormy Daniels controversy is that he purportedly had an affair with Stormy Daniels, then had her sign a non-disclosure agreement. And uh, that is the entire source of the case that the New York uh, district attorney is trying to use against Donald Trump. So, of course, there were the, you know, woke scolds that exist on the right that wanted to come or not woke scolds, but the uh, scolds on the right that wanted to come out and say, like, well, see, this is what happens when you get somebody who's just gross and immoral. And and that's why they're coming after him. This is why we have to have candidates that aren't like Trump. Well, right. Uh, funny they say that because my argument isn't re- necessarily a um, I hate purity tests. Let's just start there. Purity tests are stupid and it's how you get fake candidates that are probably horribly corrupt people, but look good on paper um, because everybody has something right. But th- the other side of that coin is 
Well, now the left is going after Clarence Thomas. Is Clarence Thomas gross? Should Clarence Thomas just not have been who Clarence Thomas was? So they're going after a Supreme Court justice. They're actually, the Democrats are pushing to have him impeached, which by the way, he didn't actually violate any rules. So the whole thing with Clarence Thomas is he's friends with a billionaire. He's friends with a very rich man. And the very rich man has invited him out on you know, trips and things like that, which happens. And by the way, it's not an uncommon thing for this guy to do. He invites a lot of people to go out and go on trips and do things, you know, whatever. It's a rich guy with money who, you know, takes his friends places. This one, by the way, was not in violation of any Supreme Court rules until a recent ruling that happened in March. Now, nothing has happened since March, but the rules have now changed and the Democrats are now going, well, this is totally unethical. We have to impeach Clarence Thomas. So they changed the rules just so they could impeach him. I mean, probably, or the rules changed and then somebody reviewing it suddenly, I I don't know, but that's probably the best way to look at it is they changed the rules so they can impeach him. Now, let's just be honest here. They wanted to impeach every Supreme Court justice that is on the conservative side. They want to remake the court. That is their goal. So why are we pretending like any of the ways with which they try to uh, prosecute that goal are legitimate? I, I'm certainly not pretending that. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's just, it's it's one of those proof positive things where I feel like, I sometimes I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I will see other people on the right that I continually am like, are you pretending to be dumb like you don't know what the goal is of the left? Or is this like some sort of weird marketing thing that I'm unaware of where it's like, if you really truly want to connect with your audience, you have to pretend like you don't know things. Uh, Apparently that is exactly how you have to be. Because like, does anyone actually truly think that the left isn't going to go after say, like, let's say Ron DeSantis becomes the nominee. Do you honestly think that the left isn't going to try to impeach him, have him thrown in jail, have like something, something that they're not going to go after him by any means necessary. Do people truly think that? Do they honestly think that this is all just like special to Donald Trump? Like the left is actually just normal and not completely deranged. It's just, it's just Trump that does it. Is that really like a, is that a real belief? Do people actually think that, or is this just some sort of dumb, like info op from controlled opposition? I'm going to go controlled opposition. <laughs> I, I mostly, and here's my reasoning. I can't imagine a, that there are any people that would support that are, say, voted for Trump in the last election that would be upset if DeSantis was the nominee. Okay, sure. I don't know people. I, I can't think that there are that many people that voted Trump in the last election that would be overly upset if Trump was the nominee. I think that the vast majority of Republican voters would be happy with either candidate so much so that I could see the there may be being preferences for one over the other, which is totally reasonable. But given the options at hand, I don't think either one is necessarily going to make or break uh, someone's decision to vote to vote for them. Like if you're Mm -hmm. if you're a Republican in 2023, either one of those candidates represents a way to strike back at the left that is really your only option electorally so 
I, I mean, I just can't see people being that upset if it's either candidate. And I feel that the conflict between the two is not natural, is sort of yeah. is astroturfed by some sort of special interest and not coming from a genuine desire of voters. Yeah, you th you think that this is one of those things that you can almost define as solely existing on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's a phenomenon on Twitter that people have, are creating for likes and shares and subscribes and whatnot, but I don't think it actually reflects any kind of real preference by the voting base. It's like there are, there are plenty of debates to be had on whether Trump or DeSantis would be the best candidate. Absolutely. But the idea that it's so contentious to be this that it's in all ways more contentious than just sort of, ah, this might be better than that. I, I'm just very skeptical. I've never yeah. looked at, I will say, I've never met a Republican voter that I think would be, would refuse to vote if it was DeSantis or refuse to vote if it was Trump. I know there are some weirdos on the fringes that would do it as a form of maybe protest because there's the whole never Trump movement, but I don't, I think that based on the results of the last election and the number of votes that Trump got, the idea that this never Trump group has any kind of serious popular support is a fallacy. And if that's a fallacy, then the, there is not this contingent of people that now hate Trump. Just like, the, and those same people, the reasons they like Trump would be the same reasons they would like DeSantis. And so I just think that it's, it's all kind of ethereal and not actually real. I think someone wants us to think that there is this big divide between Trump and DeSantis and that we should be, have a lot of energy and emotion over the, over the two. And I think that someone is trying to create that more than it's being generated naturally. So it's funny that you bring up the, um, the never Trump movement, because I don't know if you remember, like heading into the primary, there was a lot of discussion <clears throat> um, about candidates that should run. And yeah. the never Trumpers were really excited over the idea of Larry Hogan the former governor of Maryland, who's um, as rhino-y as they come. Like, he's a Republican that won in Democrat Maryland. So to give you an idea of how Republican he really is, Democrats seem to like him. But he also was one of the kind of never Trump guys, and he was a squish, and Democrats just continue to run Maryland. But point is, um, there was a lot of pushing to try to get Larry Hogan to run because this was going to be, you know, some sort of great victory. He was going to actually be wonderful. Well, hilariously, um, the FBI, <laughs> there was an indictment of someone named Roy McGrath recently. Mm -hmm. Roy McGrath was a top aide to Maryland governor, Larry Hogan. And he was accused of money laundering and Ooh. the FBI went after him. He ended up running, um, I believe, to North Carolina. Um, so he had been on the run for weeks because he skipped out on a federal fraud trial in Baltimore and on March 13th. Okay. And then... <laughs> um. Then he was pulled over uh, in his Cadillac Escalade and <laughs> the FBI killed him. Oh, geez. Yeah. So uh, he'd always maintained his innocence, but a top aide. To, so so th th just to give you an idea here, this is a top aide to Larry Hogan. This is like the most liked Republican by Democrats. And there was still a there. There was still some sort of indictment 
that now maybe he's guilty of it. Sure. But they, there was still some sort of indictment. Uh, the, the DOJ was still going after this guy, top aides to well-loved Republicans. So it's not like anyone is safe. Um, Mm -hmm. because even beloved, you know, beloved, uh, uh, Larry Hogan gets wrapped up in these things. Um, but we'll never know what anything, we won't ever know anything about this case because for one reason or another, the FBI killed the guy. Like they shot through the passenger window of his Escalade and killed him. Now, maybe he had a weapon or something. I don't know. That's nuts. But but he's dead. (laughs) Like, Okay. So, oh, he was in Tennessee. Well, that's weird. Tennessee coming up again. Huh. So, this is what's, yeah, it, it wasn't, so... There was a witness statement that said it wasn't like he came out of the gym, a neighbor said. The cops surrounded him in his parking spot. That was not the case. It appeared to me that he was driving down between the two when the cops cornered him. Um, McGrath was facing a maximum of 100 years in federal prison for charges of illegally recording Hogan and stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from state government. Oh, so they went after him because he recorded Larry Hogan. That's why. Huh. I want to know what was on those recordings. <laughs> I know, I know. It sounds it sounds really conspiratorial, but it's like, oh uh, gosh, shucks, everybody. Uh, the FBI killed the suspect. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not at a um, I'm not at a point of trust with the Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, to not believe that if they had something dirty on someone that's within the elite, um, that they wouldn't just have him greased. So. Uh, yeah, I'd, I would believe that. I'd believe they'd yeah. be capable of that sort of thing. Yeah, like call me, call me. Cause this just came, like I, Alan reminded me of it by bringing up uh, never Trumpers and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, that was a story that I kind of like glossed over for other things, but I'm going to bring it up now. Um, what's uh, also interesting is, so w- one of the big stories uh, that, hit this week and there's a lot of them, but one of the big ones is the, of course, of course they had to name it. Right. And there's going to be a movie. So just brace yourselves for the movie that no one's going to go see, but it'll like probably win an Oscar for some God awful thing, but it's now known as the Tennessee three. Okay. Already. I already hate it, but go ahead. Doesn't it? Um, wasn't there something like the central park five or some amount of people? Yeah. Like, is that the whole point? Is that what it's supposed to do? Is it supposed to invoke that kind of thing? And yeah, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. they were like legitimately actually criminals. It's just for whatever reason, the media decided that they weren't criminals anymore. And then we're supposed to, and it doesn't matter. So the Tennessee, no, that's it. That's exactly it. It's, it's like, it's, they're invoking the idea of the, they're in, because they're invoking ideas of in the civil rights movement, because that is this myth that they're trying to apply to the current day situation, which hopefully will confound people and get in the way of them seeing the events for what they actually are. Essentially, it means that they will not listen to any alternate viewpoint other than, I can support the civil rights movement and feel like a hero? Hooray! <laughs> and I think it's they wouldn't be being called the Tennessee Three, which is reminiscent of these figures from the civil rights movement. They wouldn't be being called the Tennessee Three unless they actually were fighting for civil rights. Mm-hmm. And it's a very good, it's a great tactic by the media. Dub them the Tennessee Three, and then people say, well, they wouldn't have gotten this nickname if they were all actually just like degenerate criminals. 
<laughs> and and I think it plays on people's normal, say, skepticism of alternative alternative viewpoints. It's like, well, if everybody's calling them the Tennessee Three, then they must be at least somewhat heroic. They, they must be in the right. right. They wouldn't have gotten that, that positive nickname unless they were actually in the right. And it's this sort of subliminal trick the media plays on a lot of people. And they, they do this a, a, a great amount of the time. They will do exactly this. They'll name something, they'll call something, they'll use certain buzzwords, all to essentially subliminally manipulate their audience into starting the conversation with the this preconception of well they must be good guys if they're being called this heroic name and it's a really it's a really good tactic it's very clever now the tennessee three are the three legislators in tennessee that there was a protest um which i feel like i'm going crazy because i thought the protest was about trans rights Mm -hmm. um but then i'm being told it was about guns uh it's probably about both because the left just keeps like jamming everything together but we covered uh the taking over of state houses last week um because once again it's one of those things that like oh weird because it was an insurrection when the right did it um but now suddenly it's it's not and um what they did is there were protesters that were at the tennessee house that were protesting against legislation these three lawmakers then led the protesters onto the floor of the state house, uh, grabbed a bullhorn and basically shut down the operations of the Tennessee state house. So they could not pass legislation. Now, for those of you keeping score at home and having to deal with liberals on the daily on social media, they want to try to act like this is inherently different from January 6th. And they'll invoke things like cops were injured or killed because they believe lies. But they'll say cops were injured. Stuff was smashed and broken. It wasn't the same. Except mm -hmm. in a legal sense, you have to actually look at the charges. You see, uh -oh. the poster child for uh, the poster child for January 6th is Jacob Chansley, better known as the QAnon shaman. And the videos or the pictures of him is him walking with a bullhorn in his silly like buffalo hat and his face paint walking around. Well, Jacob Chansley was given four years in prison. Now, what was he given four years in prison for? What indeed? He was given four years in prison for obstructing an official proceeding, which, by the way, was kind of a new charge that the Department of Justice put out and it ended up getting supported by the courts. And it was uh, it was obstructing an official proceeding. That is what he got four years in prison for. Now, you can go ahead and say that there might be a difference between federal law and state law. And that's mm -hmm. fair because nobody's trying to charge these Tennessee lawmakers with anything. They were expelled because they did not follow the rules of the legislature. Even when the sergeant at arms tried to remove them, they refused removal. So mm. they were obstructing the official duties of their own legislative body and then refused to take orders from the law enforcement entity of their legislative body. You can cry all you want about the First Amendment. You can cry all you want about the right to protest. I agree. I think it's perfectly fine 
for American citizens to scare the hell out of their um, elected representatives through protest and through blockading. I think that that's perfectly natural, normal, and absolutely American. But the party that these people are a part of does not. The people... The party that these people are a part of says that it's terrorism, calls it insurrection, and has absolutely prosecuted people and thrown them in jail for years without the ability to go to a trial for doing exactly the same thing. They think that every single grandmother that wandered into the Capitol on January 6th should be charged. In fact, they're so incensed about what happened on January 6th that you guys may not know this. If you flew in to the national capital region around January 6th, you were put on a list and the federal marshal's service has the right to collect on you if you fly on a plane. Did you know that? You know. Did you know the Department of Homeland Security put everyone that was in the vicinity of the capital that traveled within the first few days of January 6th on a watch list that opens you up to investigation by the federal mar- uh, by the fe- federal air marshals? Because that just broke recently. Yeah. So according now, maybe, maybe it is different. Maybe the difference is, is that regular people aren't allowed to protest, but legislators are a two tier justice system with which the nobility uh, gets to lead their lives by special rules. Perhaps I'm sorry. Hold on. I thought that nobody was above the law. Ah, there you have it. That's interesting. Nobody is above the law. That's that's what Alvin Bragg said when he charged Donald Trump. Interesting. The Democrats say that nobody's above the law. But these people can obstruct a proceeding. They can let a bunch of people come onto the floor of the House, chant, fuck you fascists at uh, lawmakers. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, it's a little like, like I said, don't don't misunderstand me. I actually do support protests. I've never been against the left protesting because they say dumb stuff every time. I think we do a little bit better each time that leftists open their stupid mouths. But at the same time, I didn't write the rules. The left did. And the left says it's an insurrection. And the left says that it's absolutely a threat to democracy. So you have to pick one. Hmm. You don't get... To walk around like you get special privileges that Democrats are allowed to do whatever the hell they want. And I mean, but this is the normal Democrat like playbook. They will go after Republicans for something. They will act like it is the greatest breach of what the hell ever. And then they'll do the exact same thing and they'll just stare at you when you protest about the hypocrisy because they don't care about the hypocrisy. In one way, well, one, they don't care about it because they 100% only care about winning. It's their only principle, and therefore, they're not violating their principles. But number two, they want you to get pissed. They want you to be upset, and they want you to think that there's a two-tiered system that you cannot participate in because they want you angry, and they want you to lash out. That's going to be kind of the theme of this show going forward is how the left is continually doing whatever they can to try to force you to lash out. We've Alan's brought this up for years. He brings it up as kicking the dog until it will bite you. Mm-hmm. 
And then you and have the, an excuse to kill the dog. So the goal of, the goal is to enact a bunch of overreaching government measures that make it impossible to challenge Democrat rule of the United States. Right. And the way that they have historically done this and are, and are trying to do it is through essentially fear. And what they're and this is basically by traumatizing the population by over rep, by over reporting stories of domestic terrorism, they will get a free hand to do whatever they want, to restructure whatever laws, to ban all the guns, to do all the things that we don't want. And their plan is to use fears of domestic terrorism to do it. It's like our enemies are evil, awful bigots that are trying to destroy and wreck our beautiful utopia. You have to be, you have to let us do all of these horrible things in order to protect you and protect the glorious liberal dream. And so it's, I think a lot of the trans stuff, a lot of the gun grabbing, a lot of it I, I think is aimed at trying to push the right into committing violence so that they can then capitalize on that violence for political gain. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. What they fraught, what they want more than anything else is to be able to classify their opponents as domestic terrorists under the basically global war on terror rules. So then they can throw the constitution out the window and just arrest everybody with impunity and treat us like we are international terrorists, send us to Guantanamo Bay, deny us trial, essentially eliminate their, their, their opposition with a basically compliant secret police force, which even then might just be full of normal Americans, but we'll be told we're going after these terrorists. You don't want to get in the way of stopping terrorists, do you? And I think the vast majority of people, even if they don't like what's going on, will be too cowed and will be too cowardly to, to object to basically being put on the side of the, quote, terrorists. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, it's it's amazing because, well, and that's that's the whole point. And they're flooding the zone in a lot of ways, and we'll talk more and more about it. But one of the fascinating aspects of this, too, is um, just, just a few days ago, uh, there was an election for the Wisconsin Supreme Court because in Wisconsin, they vote for their Supreme Court justices. So like, let's just start at uh, congratulations. You guys have made uh, the Supreme Court political. But um, a liberal judge, uh, Janet uh, Prostowitz, won uh, the Wisconsin State Supreme Court seat. And uh, that flipped the ide ideological majority of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Now, what we saw was a bunch of liberals celebrating this because, because this one judge, this one judge getting elected is going to result in the protection of abortion freedom because one judge... And the reason why I'm reiterating that is there's a story where a Texas judge has blocked the FDA's um, approval of an abortion drug. And huh. it's one judge. And the left is now saying four days later, the, the four days later, after celebrating that this one judge, this one judge is going to be able to save everything when it comes to um, abortion. Now they're mad that this one judge is able to block a, a an abortion pill. But it's a little bit more interesting than that. And I'm trying to pull up the document because it's not 
it's not as simple as people would like to believe. Um, there's this pressure, I would say, at trying to make it seem, um, there's this pressure of, of like trying to make it seem like they're blocking something like the, uh, like, like the morning after pill, which is not what's happening. Uh, right. this medication is not that, uh, and that's, that's part of the, um, that's, that's it. It's an interesting sign of where the left is at when they have to so openly lie, um, about right. what's actually happening. Um, because it, it basically, pr it proves that they need to hide stuff. And I wish I could find this damn document. I had it. Let me see if this is it. Um, oh, well, I'll just have to, I'll just have to go. <laughs> I'll just have to go off of it. Um, what but, are you looking me, for? Huh? What are you looking for? I, I actually have, I have the court ruling. Um, um, I have the court ruling information. I read the entire case last night and I had it, um, the actual document of the judge's ruling because it's way, um, more interesting. Sorry for the typing everybody, but I want to be able to grab it. Um, but I, I had read the judge's ruling and it, it's very, 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 it's way more fascinating, um, than anyone would actually believe. So what had happened is on Friday, a federal judge in Texas halted the Food and Drug Administration's approval of the abortion pill, uh, Mifepristone. Yep. Um, which basically angers a lot of people. And here we go. Um, it, it's being told or like, like CBS news here is saying that, uh, it delivers a blow to abortion rights advocates in the wake of the Supreme Court's dismantling of the constitutional right to abortion. Oh, there's a constitutional right to abortion, is there? Well, no, it's been dismantled, you hear, um, oh. because of, you know, Roe v. Wow. Wade. So I, I never, I, it was in the Constitution and out of the Constitution so fast. Well, I never got to, know, which <laughs> amendment yeah. guaranteed the right to abortion? Right, exactly. Did that, that get passed somewhere that I missed? And, this is this is where it gets fascinating, and I'll try to distill this as much as I can, but there's a lot of really good information here in the memorandum opinion and order. Um, so before the court was a motion for preliminary injunction that was filed on November 18th, 2022, and the court granted the injunction, which is what halts the um, distribution of, uh, of this pill. Um, I keep getting the name wrong. Mifepristone or Mifepristone. Over 20 years ago, this is where it gets interesting because this is actually what the judge is ruling. And this is this is why. I'll, I'll get to this in a second. So it's important to show you how the left is framing something because it gives you a sign of where the left sees a weakness. Over 20 years ago, the United States Food and Drug Administration approved chemical abortion, known as 2000 approval. The legality of the 2000 approval is now before the court. Why did it take two decades for judicial review in federal court? After all, plaintiffs' petitions challenging the 2000 approval date back to the year 2002. Simply put, the Food and Drug Administration stonewalled judicial review until now. Before the plaintiffs filed the case, FDA ignored their petition for over 16 years. Even though the law requires an agency response within 180 days of receipt of the petition, 
but the FDA waited 4,971 days to adjudicate the plaintiff's first petition and 994 days to adjudicate the second. Okay. Had FDA responded to the plaintiff's petition within the 360 total days allotted, this case would have been in federal court decades earlier. Instead, the Food and Drug Administration postponed and procrastinated for nearly 6,000 days. Plaintiffs are doctors and national medical associations that provide health care for pregnant and post-abortive women and girls. Plaintiffs sued defendants to challenge multiple administrative actions culminating in the 2000 approval of the chemical abortion regimen for uh, Mifepristone, also, which is also known as RU486 or Mifeprex. Okay. It's a synthetic steroid that blocks the hormone progesterone, halts nutrition, and ultimately starves the unborn human until death. Because Mifepristone alone will not always complete the abortion, FDA mandates a a two-step drug regimen. Mifepristone to kill the unborn human, followed by misoprostol to induce cramping and contractions to expel the unborn human from the mother's womb. In 1996, the Population Council filed a new drug application with the FDA for Mifepristone. Shortly thereafter, the FDA reset the new drug application from standard to priority. In February 2000, the FDA wrote a letter to the Population Council stating that adequate information had not been presented to demonstrate that the drug, when marketed in accordance with terms of of distribution proposed, is safe and effective for use as recommended. The FDA also noted that the restrictions on distribution will need to be amended. Mere months later, the FDA approved the chemical abortion regimen under subpart H, commonly known as accelerated approval. The originally originally designed to expedite investigational HIV medications during the age epidemics. Subpart H accelerates the approval of drugs, quote, that have been studied for their safety and effectiveness in treating serious or life-threatening illnesses and that provide meaningful therapeutic benefit to patients over existing treatments. End quote. The FDA then imposed post-approval restrictions to assure safe use. These restrictions were later adopted when subpart H was codified as a risk evaluation and mitigation strategy, quote, to ensure the benefits of the drug, uh, to ensure the benefits of the drug outweigh the risk, end quote. The drugs were limited to women and girls with unborn children aged seven weeks gestation or younger. It also required three in-person office visits, the first to administer uh, Mifeprestone, the second to administer Misoprostol, and the third to assess any complications and ensure there were no fetal remains in the womb. Additionally, abortionists were required to be properly trained to administer the regimen and to report all adverse effects from the drugs. Plaintiffs, uh, American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, and Christian Medical and Dental Associations filed the 2002 petition with the FDA challenging the 2000 approval. The U.S. House Subcommittee on Criminal Justice, Drug Policy, and Human Resources expressed the same concerns and held a hearing to investigate the FDA's handling of Mifepristone 
and its subsequent monitoring of the drug. Then Chairman Souter remarked that Mifprestone was associated with the deaths of at least eight women, nine life-threatening incidents, 232 hospitalizations, 116 blood transfusions, and 88 cases of infection. Additionally, Chairman Souter noted more than 950 adverse cases associated with Mifprestone out of only 575,000 prescriptions at most. The subsequent staff report concluded that FDA's approval and monitoring of mifepristone was was substandard and necessitates the withdrawal of this dangerous and fatal product before more women suffer the known and anticipated consequences or fatalities. The report stated the unusual approval demonstrated a lower standard of care for women and mifepristone's withdrawal from the market is justified and and necessary to protect the public's health. The FDA rejected the 2002 petition on March 29, 2016, nearly 14 years after it was filed. The same day, the FDA approved several changes to the chemical abortion drug regimen, including the removal of post-approval safety restrictions for pregnant women and girls. The FDA increased the maximum gestational age from seven weeks gestation to 10 weeks changed the dosage for chemical abortion, reduced the number of required in-person office visits from three to one, allowed non-doctors to prescribe and administer chemical abortions, and eliminated the requirement for prescribers to report non-fatal adverse events from chemical abortion. In March 2019, the plaintiffs of the American College of Pediatrics filed a 2019 petition challenging the FDA's 2016 removal of safety restrictions. On April 11th, 2019, FDA approved GenBioPro Incorporated's abbreviated new drug application for a generic version of Mifepristone without requiring or reviewing new peer-reviewed science. Two years later, on April 12th, 2021, the FDA announced it would exercise enforcement discretion to allow dispensing of mifepristone through the mail or through a mail order pharmacy during the COVID-19 pandemic, notwithstanding the nearly 150-year-old Comstock Act banning the mailing of every article, instrument, substance, drug, medicine, or thing that produces abortion. Finally, on December 16, 2021, the FDA denied most of the plaintiff's 2019 petition. Specifically, the FDA expressly rejected the 2019 petitioner's request to keep the in-person dispensing requirements and announced the agency would permanently allow chemical abortion by mail. So I'm, I'm sorry, is it illegal for them to do that? Yes, it's a violation of the Comstock Act. And how are they getting away with that? Nobody has challenged it until now. So So if I say, so Washington out here, the lovely state of Washington, is about to enact a sweeping assault weapons ban that basically by name outlaws, um, I believe it's been like every quote, assault weapon you can think of, and all the parts, and all the magazines, and uh, basically everything. So it's, people are very upset out here that it is now going to, it's, it got passed by the Senate, it's now going back for 
to be a, for the amendments to be approved by the lower house, and then it's going to go to the governor. And there's pretty much no breaks on this train. Everyone's pretty much certain that there's going to be a massive assault weapons ban that's going to strike in Washington. Mm-hmm. But if I was a company selling, say, AR-15s, much like this drug company, I could just ignore that, and it's fine. Well, see, so this is this is what's uh, interesting. I'm glad you bring that up because, so w- the reason why I read through all of that, number one is I wanted you all to know what the actual judge was talking about. This is what the judge ruled on. What the judge ruled on was the plaintiffs here have some legitimate grievances that need to be addressed. And there are like several- this instances. drug is unsafe and causes- a bunch of negative side effects. Not only is it unsafe, it causes negative side effects, but also the FDA was sloppy. The FDA violated their own rules, their own agency rules to get this drug to market. That's insane. Like there are Why would the FDA do that? Right. Well, because because they 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 assumed um that they're for exactly what we're seeing right now is it's because Anyone who tries to stop us, it's only going to open the wound of, or it's only going to result in a fight of abortion. Now, so of course, and it's amazing because with all the stalling and all the halting and everything that you saw from the Food and Drug Administration, it's, it is not coincidental that this case finally was able to roll forward heading into an election year. That's not coincidental at all because what the left thinks is going to happen is now this is going to move forward and they're going to be able, uh, the left is going to be able to make abortion be, once again, another front and center issue of a national election uh, because they believe that abortion is how they've been winning uh, certain seats in the country. They believe that abortion is another one of those hot button issues. Now, don't... Let me remind you that the Democrats had unilateral power for the first two years of the Biden administration and didn't do a damn thing to codify anything with abortion as far as federal law goes. They didn't do a single thing. The reason why is they want this political football. They don't want there to be a solution here. So what are the Democrats saying? Well, this judge has forced an injunction. And has said, until we have proper judicial review here, this uh, this pill needs to be basically pulled from the market. Well, Democrats are all saying, nope, we're just not we're not going to we're not going to listen to that. You've had several uh, you've had several state level and several city level and even federal level Democrats say we're just going to ignore the the judge's order. We're just going to ignore it. Now, I want you to imagine, if you remember, when Trump wanted to do what they called the, quote, Muslim ban. There was a court that overturned that. When Trump wanted to do uh, anything involving immigration at the border, a court overturned that. A single judge, a single judge would rule and put an injunction in. And then the Trump administration wasn't allowed to do the thing that they were trying to do until they appealed the judge's ruling. That happened several times during the Trump administration. We all remember that happening. Well, now the left is saying, oh, well, we should just ignore it. How would the left have responded if Donald Trump just ignored it? 
negatively. Exactly. So how, how do you think the left is going to respond if Washington state just ignores the uh, assault weapons ban? Well, I don't care. We, because understand that's exactly what they're doing. If, if the judicial branch doesn't have any standing or, or any recognition whatsoever and can't do this, well, then what's the point? Who cares? Let's just ignore the laws we don't like. Yeah, basically. So at the end of the day, like, okay, cool. Game on. Like, absolutely game on. But the other thing that I wanted to I wanted to point out is part of the media narrative when it comes to this judge's ruling in Texas is they keep referring to it as an abortion pill, which is true to a sense. But what they're trying to do is mentally convince people that this is something like the plan B pill. And for those of you who may not be aware what the plan B pill is, is uh, you, you, you're having sex with somebody and I don't know, the condom breaks or something like that happens. Um, a woman can go to a pharmacy the next day and get a plan B bill, which pill, which would then basically induce her cycle to begin. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to make that they're trying to make it sound like that is what they're because I keep hearing about this. I keep hearing about different states that have approached quote abortion pills and they always try to make that synonymous with something like plan B, which is just like an immediate uh, starting of a woman's menstrual cycle uh, to basically expel the potential of a fertilized egg. This is not that these are not the same things. This pill and the pill that so many Republicans are talking about and that this judge is focusing on is one where you are aware that you are pregnant and then you are taking something to kill the baby and then expel it from your body. That seems, it seems very different than what I'm generally told about like the plan, like the plan B pill. It, it's an abortion pill rather than a plan B pill. And I'm, it's like, there is a nuance there, I'm sure, but that's certainly the way it comes across. Yeah. Eric, gave this is me designed the, um... to kill a fetus rather than, uh, well, it's like plan B is just that it's, this is, there's a fertilized egg and there is a very good case to said that that is a human, a living human being. But if you took a plan B pill too late, it wouldn't work. Yeah, Eric here is he. There was the the term I was looking for is the morning after pill. That's morning what it, after. That's, that's yeah, what it's yeah. commonly known as. So the left is trying to get people to believe that this Texas judge just ruled on the morning after pill. That's not the same thing. And right. and but there's a reason. Why would the left do that? Why would the left need to do that? Because Americans would look at something like the morning after pill, and there's a gray area there. I can see where a lot of people are like, okay, like you know, something happened and maybe you, you know, accidentally, maybe you had unprotected sex and now you're like, Oh God. And whatever. So you take the morning after pill that people don't see that as the same thing as like a, an abortion of a sense. They see it as a, a pill that starts a woman's cycle. Now people can debate that, but socially it's considered more acceptable. Well, There's and, plenty. Of- and absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can understand how a lot of women would probably want to have the option of if I happen to like sleep with somebody and I don't want to get pregnant, I have this option that is a emergency reset button. Right. I think a lot of a a lot of women who do not get abortions 
like the fact that abortion exists simply because it's a, I like that there's an emergency abort option if I make a bad decision, which I yeah. think everybody, I, I can understand why you'd want that because everybody wants that. If I could have an emergency redo button for bad decisions in my life, I would, I would be very upset if someone tried to take that away from me. <laughs> but the, the amazing part about it is they are trying to connect these two because if people found out that what, what it tells you and they do this all the time, it's the same, re it's the same reason why when the left talks about abortion, they talk about it in the guise of women's rights because they can't talk about what it actually is. What it shows to us is that the American public actually is more pro-life then you would be led to believe because look at how the left has to tap dance around the language. They mm -hmm. have to call, they have to talk about it as women's reproductive health. They can't say abortion. They have to say women's reproductive health. They can't, they have to, they have to try to make people, uh, they have to try to mean people into thinking that this is the morning after pill, as opposed to a chemically induced abortion that can happen after 10 weeks. Someone who's pregnant yeah. for 10 weeks would then have to take, would take this and it would like, as, as described in its actual operation, starves the fetus. And then you have to take another pill to expel the remains. They can't have that get out because the majority of Americans would see that and go, I don't th I, like that's okay. That is just an abortion though. Yeah. Or, or it's at least would be I think people would look at it and there would be this, I can understand why people don't think this is wrong. Right. I think that's, and that's something the left wants to avoid is for normal people to go, yeah, but I guess I can understand the resistance to this though. Like they're not crazy yeah. when people look at this and go, but you're killing a baby with a pill. Right. And, and the point is that the left has to hide that. Yeah. And so right now, they're, and that's why they keep referring to it as an abortion pill, because they want people to see this as a morning after pill. And it's not. This is a chemically induced abortion that people would be able to do at home. And the FDA passed this for being able to be uh, for being able to be mail order. And if you in case you didn't catch it, um, able to be prescribed by non-doctors. Oh, that's another very weird component. That is, that's what the judge was ruling on. The judge is ruling on this shouldn't be mail order. This shouldn't be, basically this, this should not be so loosely regulated. And there are legitimate re like the groups that are, that are uh, coming out of the plaintiffs in this decision um, that have been around since 2002 are just coming out and saying that this should not be as deregulated on uh, to the market as it is <clears throat> yet. Like, that's what they're saying is they're like, hey, this this looks really unsafe and needs to be studied far more and was fast tracked by the FDA. We don't think that that's proper or appropriate or safe. Right. And but but what the but the way that the the left is trying to frame this is some renegade pro-life psychopath male white cis male judge is trying to take away your abortion pill. And the left is saying, ignore it. Ignore the courts. If you don't like a law, just ignore it. Yeah. Um, and I think on. a lot of this is because it was being so done so disingenuously, I kind of imagined that they knew it was bypassing all the normal mechanism the whole time. Which is weird because I 
it's we, we keep I keep coming back to on abortion is why is having abortion as easy as humanly possible so important to people on the left that you would be willing to take the level of political risks they have to take in order to keep abortion it's like the fact that it's like if there's not a million abortions a day they suffer somehow and there's no other explanation I can think of because it's not benefiting them necessarily financially or in other ways. It's just the fact that there are babies being murdered, I don't know, empowers the dark god Moloch from which we derive most of our power. It's, it, it is such a, the dedication to it and the underhandedness at which they pursue in making sure abortion keeps happening defies a lot of logical re, uh, re, like response. Well... So it's it's interesting because I I go back and forth on this. Um, to your point, more and more with the rhetoric that's happening around abortion, I can't confidently say like I well I'll put it this way: you you can't just dismiss when people make the joke um, that the leftist is part of some weird like baby sacrifice cult. By yeah. the way that they approach it, it's like. It makes as much sense as anything else with the fervor and psychopathy that the left actually approaches abortion, especially because there are so many people who never get one that's so psychotically defendant. Right. And now part of that is because of the psyop of it's women's rights. Like if they take away your ability to kill babies, the next one's going to be your ability to vote. No. And it's like, you're what? But at the same time, with all of that being said, I also don't think that the left actually, sometimes I don't think the left actually is serious about defending abortion. I'll go back to my my previous statement that the Democrats had unilateral power for the first two years of the Biden administration and didn't do a single thing, didn't do a single thing to codify abortion in federal law. The entire Obama administration, they didn't do a single thing to codify abortion into federal law. They don't, the, the reason why they get upset over these judicial reviews and things like that is because, and it's the same thing that we're seeing here from the court, the FDA basically dragged their feet for 16 years specifically to avoid judicial review. And the reason why they did that was because once the court reviews the case, that's it. If the court reviews the case and they don't, uh, they, they don't find in favor of abortion, like what we saw with the opinion that came out when it came to Roe v. Wade, and it basically kicked it back to the States. That was a very serious defeat for the Democrats because it's no longer a political football. Right. That's what's crazy. So you have to understand, sometimes you have to look at things in, in, in this way. There are problems that the left actually doesn't want to solve because it's more powerful for them to bitch about them. And I'll, I'll go back to your analogy or your example that you gave, which was about the um, the assault weapons ban that's happening in Washington. It's terrible, sure, but it's good in a sense, because now what this will do is all it takes is one group to challenge that ban in Washington state 
and have it get to the Supreme Court. <clears throat> now we might know maybe this is why. Maybe this is why suddenly Democrats want to impeach Clarence Thomas. Well, that's a very good point. Because if it goes up to the Supreme Court, even John Roberts, who is not consistent whatsoever when it comes to uh when it comes to conservative rulings, even even John Roberts is going to rule in favor of the Second Amendment. Right. So if this if this goes to the court as the court stands now, what understand what this means? If it goes to the court as the court stands now, federal law will then be codified. Yes. And That's exactly what we kind of want. It's what we want, but guess what it also does? It completely disarms the argument. There's no longer an argument. You can't do anything about it. Wah, yeah. wah, so sad. You'll never be able to do an assault weapons ban because the Supreme Court has ruled that that's a violation of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So wah, 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 too bad, so sad. And they, that's the same thing that they want with abortion. Or that's a, it's the same thing that they fear with abortion. If abortion ever actually goes up and on its merits is tried in front of the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court isn't full of a bunch of liberal activists that they want to pack it full of, it is entirely possible that the Supreme Court can say, can come out and with, with the judicial force say, we believe that that is a living person. And since a living person within the borders of the United States of America has basic human and civil rights, it cannot be murdered even by the mother who is carrying it, then it's done. It's no longer a political football. It has lost all of its power. It's done. That is now federal law. That'd be pretty neat. Which is why the left never, ever, ever wants this stuff to actually go in front of the court. It's why the FDA put this off for 16 years. Right. And this is what is so very interesting about this sort of thing to me. It's that they know that these, th they know that they don't have a leg to stand on. And it's, it, uh, you, what you kind of keep coming back to is they know that their things are unpopular. And if, if the left was as popular, if their ideas were as accepted and easy and rational and correct as they want us to believe they are, then the deception wouldn't be necessary. But the deception apparently is necessary, which tells me that the, that the people on the left that push all of this nonsense are at least somewhat paranoid that if they were operating above board, they would be rejected by the majority of people. Oh, yeah, that's why they have to have total uh, and dominant control over the media. That's why they want to attack social media. That's why they hate. Um, that's why they hate any sort of alternate media that exists, and it's why they push the uh, concept of uh, disinformation and misinformation. They need to have complete and total control over the information spectrum. And the way that they convince other people about it is they're like, "Well, you don't want those dumb idiots to be able to just believe all the lies." It's because mm -hmm. like I just like I just did. What is every liberal saying right now? They're saying this this random Texas judge for no reason just took away a bunch of women's rights. This judge just took away all of these women's rights. Just just woke up today and decided women don't have rights. And it's just one judge from gross gross disgusting Texas. 
And he just did it. And that shouldn't be allowed. This is a democracy. That's not allowed. That's what they're telling everybody. What's the reality? A judge is like, hey, guys, for 16 years, these people have been trying to get a review of this medication and you keep putting it off. And that's corrupt as hell. And you've done a lot of really questionable stuff. And this might not even be safe. Yeah. That's all the judge is saying. Nope. But what's the left doing? What's the left lying to everybody about? And what are a bunch of uninformed idiot liberals going to believe? This judge just woke up one day and decided that he was going to just take a, take a pill off the shelves. How dare? Oh, he's not even a doctor. Mm-hmm. And that's it's exactly to your point. They have to lie. Because, yeah. it, but the weirdest part about it. <laughs> is why lie? Why not just come out and say, yes, this is a chemical abortion. Yes, it absolutely like, sure. Like <clears throat> you could even say, sure, there are some side effects. This is a very hostile procedure to do to a human body. It is not normal for a human body to expel a, a, a fetus out of it. That's not normal. That is a, a miscarriage is a very big deal medically when it occurs because the human body it like well i mean i, I probably don't have to tell people this but it, it needs to be said i guess it is when, when a woman gets pregnant her body shifts its resources to protecting the baby even over her right and so it's a pretty big deal when a miscarriage occurs it's a very big uh medical issue uh, that requires a lot of attention. So the chemical, basically, induction of a miscarriage um, is very stressful on a woman's body. So, mm -hmm. but but the left could come out and say, oh, yeah, of course, there are going to be some adverse side effects because um, this is a very hostile procedure that occurs. But we believe that it is still the right of a woman to do. But you should also say, we also believe that women should be educated in what the risks of this medication are. Why, why wouldn't you want to do that? Why mm -hmm. couldn't you just come out and be honest about it and say that? Well, it's because a lot of women might look at that and go, oh my God, never mind. In fact, to, to kind of prove the point, there's a, there's a charity and I'm sorry, I don't remember it, but if anybody in the chat knows what it is, feel free to post it. There's a charity that you can donate to. And the entire purpose of this charity, it's a pro-life charity, is to make it available that before a woman has an abortion, she has to at least see an ultrasound and hear the heartbeat of the baby. Mm -hmm. The left wants that to be illegal. Why? We're told that the left is perfectly okay with abortion, that it is a woman's right, that it is the, the right of a woman to choose. But for some reason, they don't want a woman to be able to see the thing that she's about to abort or hear the thing that she's about to abort. And the question is, why not? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't understand. If this is a fundamental right for women and women are so supportive of it, that's the other part, right? Women are so supportive of it. It's only men that hate it. Oh my gosh, women love this. Well, then it's why are because you they need to they need to keep baby souls flowing to the dark god Moloch. That's really the only thing that makes sense in this. They well, have I, to keep baby souls flowing. I mean, they have to turn the mother's womb into a place of death in some sort of horrifying dark occult ritual to power their evil schemes. Like that really is the only conclusion I can come to that makes any sense. 
Well, you know why they want to make the ultrasound and everything illegal? Uh, because women might look at the face of their unborn child and start having second thoughts about whether or not they should kill it. Because 50% of women who do that do not go through with it. Yeah, as they shouldn't, which should tell you something about abortion. That women go into this being told by popular culture, yeah, abortion's no big deal. And then when they look upon the face of their unborn child in an ultrasound, have second thoughts and go, oh God, it's not just a clump of cells, it's a human being. Mm -hmm. And it, but, but to the argument that I always hear from leftists when they get all upset and they want to talk about women's rights, it's okay, I don't understand why you can't just support that support exactly what it is like why can't you call it a baby why won't you call it a baby you don't want to do that why you have to call it a fetus you have to suggest it's a clump of cells even though those things even though that's been that that has been disproven it's not a clump of cells like the, this is not a thing but like literally they won't even like it, if they were honest they could come out and say yeah i don't care if you call it a baby whatever it's my right I can, I can just do, I don't, I don't, it's kind of like how I am with, okay, cool. Call my AR 15 an assault rifle. I don't yeah. care. I still get to own it. See, okay. That's, ex ex that's a very good analogy. I think the left defends abortions. Like the right defends guns is a very, seems very reasonable. I refuse to budge on it because I know the people on the other side want to confiscate them and take that away from me completely. They view our view on abortion the same way. And neither side is wrong. I want to stop all the abortions from happening. They want to strip all the guns out of individual hands. And we're both really, I'm, we're both pretty much ready to use whatever disingenuous means we need in order to make that a reality. The right is maybe lagging in that last point, but the left absolutely is disingenuous about guns, which is why they view any attempt to mitigate abortion as if they were legislating guns. They know they lie because they have an ulterior motive, and so they see any effort on the right to limit abortion as the same thing, as, well, I mean, they're probably just lying to make sure that it's, like, for sure going to go away, just like we do with their guns. And this is, but this is why I think it's important to not play the same leftist games and go, no, my AR-15 is an assault rifle, and that it's precisely why it is popular and precisely why I want to own it. Now, people will quibble about, an assault rifle's fully automatic, and I think that that is... It's, it's nitpicky because truly like, yeah, if it was fully automatic, that would be way cooler and better. But at the same time, I think if you look at the history of, of firearms and their use in militaries, it's like if, you know, 90% of the features of 90% of the AR-15 is classified as assault rifle, it's basically, it's an assault rifle. It's an assault rifle, and that's what makes it cool, that's what makes it useful, that's what makes it the pinnacle of modern human small arms technology. Like, that's what an assault rifle is. An assault rifle is simply going, this is the best gun we can come up with. Because they are. They're the best individual weapon that mankind has ever come up with, is the assault rifle. And then if an AR-15 is 90% that, well, let's call it an assault rifle because that's actually, that's what it is. And that's why I think we should. And then force them to actually have the debate. Should civilians be allowed to own weapons that are effective? Yeah. And the answer is yes. <laughs> the, the answer, answer is yes, they should be. Yes. Because Democrats exist. 
<laughs> if I lived in if I lived in a perfectly safe, homogeneous, functional country like Switzerland, well, yeah, like Switzerland. Guess what? Civilian like rifles would still be necessary because we'd have to defend ourselves. Right. It's like there's no situation in which civilian ownership of weaponry is totally and it would is uh outside of the question maybe you could say it's less necessary like i can imagine in say norway for example before the mass immigration of foreigners that happened in the uh migrant crisis i can imagine in norway they probably was like well we don't i don't really need guns it's not like we are gonna rebel against our government which is all just norwegians anyway that's the only case where i would say Meh, they're not necessary but why not just have them legal Anyway, I, I could talk about guns for a while, but essentially the left plays this game with abortion so as to misdirect people in order to make sure it stays legal. Our, my desire for civilian firearms ownership is rooted in, I think, a much more solid case than the left desire to keep abortion legal. At minimum, their reason for keeping abortion as easily available as possible is I think they cynically view it as any woman that goes through with an abortion, any woman we trick into getting an abortion will be a Democrat voter for life. And it's the same as with the trans stuff. Any child we trick into becoming gay or trans will be, it will basically have sold their soul to the Democrat party and will mm. be ours forever, will be our slave forever because they will never be able to undo the shame that they have wrought. And that is why. I, when I say it's a dark occult ritual, it kind of is because it's a ritual that sells your soul to a certain po political agenda from which the shame of your actions will never allow you to escape. What tranny that has surgically mutilated their body based on some dumb political ideology or stupid gender science that they got tricked with can ever renege on that action? What woman who's killed a baby could ever look, herself, look at herself in the mirror and face what she's done? Today is Easter, which is ties into this very well, as far as especially themes themes of forgiveness and sin. And I think that's that that is why they want it, want these things like the transgender stuff, gay stuff, abortion. They want it as available as popular, as normalized as possible, as easy to push on people as possible, because to them, it it is forcing people to commit, or it is. Uh, coercing people to commit sins that are almost unforgivable. And that will trap them in a cycle where their loyalty will only be to the progressive agenda. Which is, it's an interesting tactic because I don't know a single Republican that mm -hmm. if they sat down and had a discussion, let's say, with a woman who is well, we see, we actually see it a lot um, where they sit down and have a discussion with a, a woman or whomever who has come over to the right and said like, yeah, I used to be a liberal and here's some of the things I did when I was a liberal. The reaction is, yeah, you got tricked into that. Yeah, no, totally understand. They, they, mm -hmm. they lied to you. Yeah. They wanted to do that to you. Um, it's been actually remarkable with how like um, hostile politics can be and is on a daily basis the right wing um interestingly even the the more so on the fringe 
is far more accepting of people's past mistakes. Right. And a lot of it is because we recognize that there's this Leviathan out there trying mm -hmm. to gobble up people's souls. There's the media, yeah. there's academia, there's this entire progressive <laughs> movement intentionally manipulating the information that is being given to people and producing blatant works of propaganda, all designed to confuse and manipulate the way people think. Yeah. And once you recognize that, it becomes a lot easier to forgive people from being fooled by a system intentionally trying to deceive them with every tool at its power. It's yeah. why I don't give the baby boomers a lot of disrespect. People, you can look at the way the world went after the baby boomers basically ascended to uh, the ruling kind of uh, generation in American society. And there's a lot of people that look at it and say everything started declining after the, as the boomers basically got into positions of power. Mm -hmm. And I cut them a little bit of slack saying the boomers know, knew not what they did. Yeah. They were, they were victims of a intense and insidious brainwashing campaign that none of them ever even, ex ever even considered might exist. Yeah. No, yeah, you're you're 100 correct, and, and it, I mean, still a thing, right? <laughs> like, there's yeah. there's still some anger there. Oh, there certainly um, is, because there are some of them that I think it's only anger in retrospect. As I think, right now they should be able to look back on their legacy and admit, "Wow, we were taken for a ride." And I think this is where the forgiveness aspect comes in. If someone was formerly a liberal and was able to look back and sit and admit. I was tricked and I was fooled. My eyes are open and I, I can see where I went wrong and I will, I'm no longer prey to that same brainwashing. That's where it becomes easy to say, okay, that's fine. We can accept those people. The people that dig in their heels and refuse to recognize their sins, those are the people that are much harder to actually forgive. It's... Um, it's a fascinating thing, and this is going to be a little bit of a ham-fisted uh, transition, but I wanted to bring this up, which is, um, it was what I ended up titling the the show here, but we talked about the Tennessee Three earlier, and one of the people that's involved in that is Justin Jones, and I'm, I'm fascinated. I have a bet going with another podcaster, Joe Dolio, the guy who wrote uh, Tactical Wisdom, mm -hmm. um, that the two lawmakers that were uh, uh, expelled are going to end up saying something stupid. One of them, at least one of them is going to end up saying something crazy and the left is going to be like, okay. And have to like, kind of like go shove them into hiding because like, I promise you one of them is going to end up being like a severe black nationalist or something. Well, some of it started, uh, Justin Jones, for those of you who don't know, is the kind of like the long haired guy that has like the, uh, the, like the sort of weird mustache, the kind of like teenager mustache. Mm -hmm. Um, no joke <laughs> today um like this morning yeah at 818 this morning or yesterday that's yesterday or today today sorry um at 818 this morning justin jones tweeted this tennessee republicans attempt to crucify democracy has resurrected it in the form of a of mass movement led by young people. That Ooh, gives boy. me hope. Like, bro is out here on Easter comparing himself to Jesus. That's bold move. 
Very bold move. <laughs> it's like, uh, come on. <laughs> like, seriously? First of all, just cringe, right? Like, just stupid and cringe. And, of course, the left can't help themselves. The left consistently and always has to find some way to make everything about them because they're just garbage people. Yeah. Um, but it's not the only cringe thing that happened recently. Um, when it comes to, uh, when it, when it comes to the left being the left making themselves a religion, because that's really what's happening here. The left mm -hmm. makes itself a religion. Uh, and, and that's the problem is, you know, Eric's, uh, kind of mentioning here on our chat, like, you know, abortions, like a rite of passage. It is, it's a, uh, it's a, um, it's a sacrament in the church of liberalism. Well, yeah. the church of liberalism is trying to infect the actual churches. We've seen this with some of the more liberal reformations in different religions, one of which would be uh, the Lutheran church. There's two different sects, or there might be more than two. I'm sorry, I'm not a Lutheran. Um, but there's different sects of the Lutheran church. Particularly, there's a liberal one that has like women and gays that can be pastors. Well, one of those uh, gay women pastors uh, it is a, a female pastor that goes by the pronouns they, them, uh, had this wonderful, uh, wonderful garbage to say uh, when talking about the uh, trans shooter in um, Nashville. Hmm. Recording of Jesus journey to the, cross. the author makes a point of saying that the chief priests and the whole council were looking for false testimony against Jesus so that they might put him to death. Those leaders... We're looking for any excuse, valid or not, to crucify Jesus. And they found that reason. And that reason was solidified when the crowd shouted to release Barabbas. They had their final excuse. They would kill the one whose reputation as a teacher and healer and whose mission of love and dignity was so very threatening to their own reputation that they needed to kill him in order to preserve their good image. It's baffling to me that someone's existence can be so threatening that people decide they need to be controlled, that they need to have laws made against them, or even worse, that the people that they find to be so threatening should die. There are a significant number of people who have deemed that the fact that the Nashville shooter happened to be a trans person, so it's been reported, is just the excuse they need to call for the eradication of trans folks. Oh, so the trans shooter is just like Jesus. Also, apply that same standard to white people. These same Democrats always talk about how white people need to be exterminated, how whiteness needs to be abolished, how we need to destroy whiteness, how, oh, the, if any sh mass shooter's white, this is a problem of whiteness and white people, white men. Look, everything these people say is disingenuous, and I just am tired of having, of having to hear it. It's, you know, it's amazing. Like, you, you want to play a fun game? that that uh like let, let, let's let's play a fun game with this with this pastor who who are they 
Who who's the they here? Who's the they that uh wanted to just look for any excuse to crucify Christ? Um well, if you go by what a lot of Christian churches seem to be confused by, it's the Romans. But if you go by scripture, I believe it's the Sahedrin, which are the Jewish religious authorities. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Like, the crowd screaming to bring up Barabbas and the people that were looking for false testimony, it wasn't the Romans. The Romans didn't give a shit. They were like, mm, whatever, we don't sure. care. So, but the thing is, they they <laughs> it's always just fun. Like, I'm not trying to make a bid here. The point is, is like, yes, there was a Jewish governing body in Jerusalem at the time that did not like Jesus. Right. That doesn't equate to some sort of weird repudiation of all Jews. It's just what it was. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is she wouldn't name them. Who the Jews? Yeah. She's not like, because she's, because oh. she's a complete shit lib. True. She just keeps talking about this mysterious group of people that's looking for testimony against him because they're so awful and horrible. And Christ was just this wonderful accepting person. It's like, I just for fun. It's like, wait, is, are you, are you, are you saying the Jews were the bad guys here? And she'd go, well, no, I mean, of course not. I mean, I, I love our Jewish people and brothers and sisters and oh my gosh. And, and it's like, wait, wait, but, but you're literally saying that here though. Yeah. But she wouldn't dare. The whole reason why I'm bringing this up, let me backpedal or not backpedal, but back up a little bit. Sounds like a backpedal. But the reason she's manipulating her congregation because she is coming to this from the point of I am a pastor and therefore I'm a religious expert. I have well uh, like studied, well-read, and dedicated my life to the word and gospel and the gospel truth that is Jesus Christ. Well, but then so how can she be so wrong? Using using that power and that manipulation, she's then presenting this this information. Well, okay. Well, who is they? But you won't say it because you wouldn't dare condemn the Jewish people. You wouldn't dare you wouldn't dare bring up the fact that it was a Jewish governing body that did this because you're because you're afraid that someone might take that and use it to fuel anti-Semitism. Right. So you'll hide that fact for fear of what might happen, but you'll then bend the gospel truth to fit your political narrative in hopes that that same fervor, condemnation, and anger would be directed against your enemies. Not the enemies of the gospel, by the way. Your enemies. Right. So it, it what it sounds like here, what you're saying, is that this is a, that this sort of thing is an absolute perversion of church doctrine. It's exactly what we knew was going to happen. And it's exactly why so many uh, Christians 
years ago said that this was nothing more than a perversion of the church. None of these people, none of these gay pastors, none of these female pastors that suddenly gained some sort of great interest and, and just, they didn't want to create their own churches. They didn't want to go out and start their own gay church. They didn't want to go out and start their own, you know, whatever evangelical congregation that happens to be led by a woman. None of them wanted to do that. They demanded that institutions that had rules against them, against them being in the pastoral body, they went out there and demanded that they be allowed to be in it. And the whole reason why, and the warning that we were given that was dismissed and poo-pooed by all of the secular Americans was the warning that we were getting, which was these people could go start their own church. They don't want to do that. They want to destroy the existing one. This is nothing more than an attempt of perversion of faith these are not faithful people. These are people who want to destroy the faith and they are doing it under the guise that they want to wear our robes while they destroy our belief. And everybody went, oh my God, that's so hateful. How are you so hateful? And now we have this shit. Yeah. And now we have this. How can I weaponize Jesus to get my way? How can I weapon... Would I be shocked? Would I be shocked if I sat down and talked to any of these people and found out that in reality, they're like, well, I see Jesus more of like a concept. I don't know if like necessarily he's the son of God. I mean, God really is just a societal concept. It's like, are you a fucking atheist? Yeah. Uh, well, and like most of this, it's all designed to try and escape the moral system that we used to have that would not have stood up to all the predations of the left. They want to have this end state and they see Christianity and its moral system as interfering with that end state. And so it is just subversion all the way down. Well, the, the Christian religion is in direct opposition of their religion, which is the government. Mm-hmm. Like They believe that they are prophets of their God. Right. The God being like, progressivism, equity, and tolerance. But the yeah. problem is their their view on tolerance is we should tolerate everything, including sin. And the Christian theology, Christianity kind of doesn't support that. Like, <laughs> well, we shouldn't be tolerant of, like, sin, though. It's like, love the sinner, hate the sin. We should, yeah. you know, maybe not encourage people to sin all the time. And then progressives go, but that's how... Again, it's like that. that's how they reproduce. People become degenerates, so they become progressives. Because, and it's the same as with the trans stuff. Like, you need to have all the trans nonsense in schools, and you need to be grooming children, because that's how trannies reproduce. They can't do it naturally. It's the same with the gays. Like, gays need access to children so that they can reproduce and create more gays. They need to have normalizing behavior. They need to paint it as a cool lifestyle. They need to trick people with like pornography and all sorts of other things into tr- becoming gay, committing that sin and being able, unable to walk back so that they can have more gays. It's the it's same with progressives. Like progressives need all of this indoctrination to create more progressives because people naturally would refute it and leave it in the dust. What's amazing is so of course, like, like, well, like you all heard was this, this, past this Lutheran pastor not being able to help herself um, and having to 
turn the trans shooter into some sort of allegory for Christ, which is bananas. But on top of it also, well, as is supposedly reported. I'm sorry, what? Like, in case you guys didn't catch that when she was giving her her sermon, she kind of, like, left the door open for it being some sort of conspiracy that the shooter was trans, which is also just insanity. But we knew it was going to happen. We mentioned it. We talked about how they were going to martyr the trans shooter. What's more fascinating, what if I told you that there was another trans shooter? Oh, and it barely hit the news. So this is from Fox 28, um, which is out of Columbus, Ohio. But the story comes from Colorado Springs. Days after a transgender woman carried out a deadly mass shooting at a Christian school in Tennessee, another transgender person was arrested in Colorado on suspicion of planning a mass shooting at various schools and churches in the Colorado Springs area. William Whitworth, 19, who identifies as Lily, was arrested by the Elbert County Sheriff's Sheriff's Office on March 31st on two counts of suspicion of criminal attempt to commit murder in the first degree and other charges. The arrest took place after police went to Whitworth's home following calls from others inside the home that Whitworth was being violent and was making threats to shoot up a school. Upon arriving at the Whitworth home, investigators found a manifesto, including references to past school shooters, drawings that appeared to be like school floor plans, instructions on how to build a detonator to a bomb, and more materials suggesting Whitworth was actively planning a massacre. No firearms were found in the home, but according to the arrest record, Whitworth was actively planning to obtain them, and officers reportedly found a liquid in the home used for cleaning guns. Upon speaking to Whitworth, who officers said appeared to be drunk or under the influence of some kind, Whitworth verified they were a third of the way from perpetrating a mass shooting. Whitworth verified they were scoping out Timberville High, uh, Timberville Middle School, where Whitworth said uh, he attended for a brief time, as well as some churches. Whitworth also had materials identifying two other schools that were main targets for the attempted massacre, including another he had attended for a brief time. A whiteboard with the floor plan of what appeared to be a school was also found in Whitworth's room, according to police. Whitworth had a copy of the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx, as well as personal writings with references to bad cops, calling them useless garbage, and Donald Trump, who was referred to as a con man. Whitworth was ultimately placed in custody and bond was set at $75,000, according according to a spokesman for Colorado's 18th Judicial District. After taking Whitworth into custody, officers executed a further search of the house, finding a list of firearms and how to make them using a 3D printer, a hit list of individuals and intended casualties for the attempted shooting, and further detailed information on how to make a bomb. Mm. Interesting that you didn't hear about this at all. And it's because it was a transgender who wanted to shoot up a school and churches and specifically had a bunch of liberal nonsense. Yeah. So of course you didn't hear about it. Now, if this was a regular kid that had a MAGA hat in their closet, oh my God, shut it down. Wall to wall media coverage all day, every day. Yes, most, most certainly. 
Now, it's not the only violence that we saw this week. There's a swimmer known as Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines was a female swimmer, one of the ones that stood against uh, the whole Leah Thomas nonsense, which was uh, that guy uh, that decided I'm going to swim as a woman and ended up like literally beating girls out and making it to where they couldn't get scholarships. Well, Mm -hmm. the NCAA swimmer, uh, was assaulted on Thursday at the, on the campus of San Francisco state university. She was at the school speaking for turning point USA, uh, talking about, uh, opposing the inclusion of transgender athletes in women's sports after leaving, uh, or after the, after speaking, uh, Riley Gaines was physically assaulted by one person struck twice, both times hitting the, uh, hitting her shoulder with the second strike grazing her face. This was by a man in a dress, by the way. Great. Uh, the rest of the protesters, uh, ambushed and cornered her and then uh she had to be taken into a room and held for three hours because the activists refused to let her leave and demanded one that she pay them and then she'd be allowed to leave and then two demanded that she'd be allowed to leave if she came out and faced this angry screeching crowd and declared that she was a transphobe Oh, okay. Well, that's a... And all of these people were then taken down by a SWAT team and all arrested and thrown in jail, right? For No, the school did nothing. No. The school oh. police did nothing. Oh. Now. Dear. She's pursuing legal action, obviously. It's interesting because people can be charged with false imprisonment. Especially, especially because it is on video. It is on video of ostensibly the person who's leading this mob of psychopaths saying she can leave if she pays us and if she comes out and says that she's transphobic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's called a ransom, folks. You're holding somebody against their will, which is known as false imprisonment. Yeah. And it's like, let's just, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest here. Oh, could just come out here and say you're a transphobe. We'll let you go. Oh, really? Yeah. So if, if all of her police protection left and she just, if she just walked out among the group of people by herself, no police protection and said, fine, I'm a transphobe. Can I leave? You're telling me you're not going to beat the shit out of her. You're telling me it's not going to happen. Does anyone believe that? Does a single person believe that these people wouldn't have beaten the hell out of her? No, it's, and I think that it is very clear that transgender people are very mentally unstable as evidenced by wanting to chop off their own body parts and probably shouldn't be trusted in polite society. Well, I mean, that's the whole point here is, of course, this mob is going to hurt you. That's the point. And they use that violence as extortion. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's the same as what we saw from Mm -hmm. the White House. If you keep passing laws that restrict the access of transgender people to children, or if you make it harder for children to reproduce and morph into trannies, then, uh, you know, expect to have more shootings. Oh, yeah. 
it, oh, it yeah. would really be a shame if there was a bunch of transgender school shooters in your state. So maybe uh, don't try to stop Drag Queen Story Hour. Well, and that's 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 what's incredible. Yeah. Well, no, and that's exactly it. You're you're referencing the the way that the White House has approached um, a lot of the uh, the transgender shooting, which was basically if you would stop complaining about it and stop being worried about it, maybe these people wouldn't get angry and kill. Yeah. Which is amazing because, you know, we're constantly inundated with the idea that there's all this supposed right wing violence that nobody can actually define. Or if they do, it's uh, the SPLC has defined everything as right wing violence, um, you know, or some sort of nonsense. But yeah. we're always told that there's all this right wing violence, except it always seems to be the left that has this angry, destructive mob. Mm hmm. And the perfect story of that would be Sergeant Daniel Perry in Texas. So Sergeant active duty army Sergeant Daniel Perry was, uh, an Uber driver. Yeah, I believe he was yeah. an Uber driver. Yeah. He was an Uber driver during the George Floyd riots of 2020. Yeah. And he ended up, uh, he ended up getting caught in a crowd of angry psychotic protesters, one of whom was carrying an AK 47 and he shot and killed the man carrying the AK 47. The reason why yeah. I'm not saying he was being pointed at is I know people want to try to argue that he wasn't pointing it. It was down and you surround uh, my no. car with a gun. Not no, going to be a good day. It, it oh. is on video. They surrounded his car and the guy mm. had the gun up to his shoulder. He had yeah. the buttstock of the AK 47 against his shoulder he had a firing grip and it was at the low ready pointed towards daniel perry the driver of this car daniel perry side. is an army sergeant he's been around firearms enough to know that it is going to take a millisecond for that rifle to basic for the guy's thumb to flip off the safety and to snap right onto my forehead i it, it, it's a absolutely 100 clear case for a defensive shooting if you run same. up holding a rifle at the low ready in front of someone, that is as aggressive as moving it a degree up. Yeah. But it's, the next question is, here is, yeah, why, why, was, why was the crowd surrounding the car? Uh, the crowd was surrounding the car because he was trying to get through the crowd. And, he and, drove and, up and there was a crowd of people swarming in the street and he was like, get out of my way, I gotta go. And then they surrounded his car, as we've seen on video all through 2020. I saw, I've seen countless videos, especially during the George Floyd riots, of people just sitting there being like, can I just cross the street? And then a bunch of people surrounding the car and screaming at them. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, a guy with a, with a shoulder rifle was in front of the car screaming at the occupant. And then the guy drew his concealed carry and shot him through the, I assume, through the windshield. All of the inter all of the officers that initially handled this case yep. all were unanimous in saying this is a clear case of self-defense shooting. There's no no crime happened here. Mm -hmm. And it only and it got all the way till a hey, by crazy coincidence, George Soros funded DA decided that he was going to bring charges essentially in opposition to all of the assessments of the police investigators that reviewed the case. Yep. He said, no, no, this guy killed a left-wing protester. I have to throw the book at him. You know what's even more amazing? What's that? That a jury so, convicted him? Well. That a jury of left-wing activists convicted him and patted themselves on the back for doing the right thing for democracy.
Well, so that could be potentially. We'll get there in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, just remember that a man who, you know, was wielding a weapon of war, I was told by the Democrats, approached this guy's car. Yeah. Uh, that what seems was he to supposed get left, to think? Yeah, that, that seems to be left out a lot uh, by the Democrats. Uh, apparently, it's okay for this guy to carry an AK-47 now. That's a yeah. weapon of war, I was told. I'm not allowed to carry it, but this dude walks out in the street with it and everything's totally fine. Like it's first of all, so that's hilarious enough, but now the left is picking this up and they are running with it, which I didn't think they were going to. I thought that they would avoid it because of the fact that the dude had an AK and they're already saying that that's evil and terrible and wrong and whatever, but they're running with it. Lawmakers are saying right now before they Mm -hmm. ban all the AK sales in Washington. Yeah. Now. So understand that, um, All these leftists are now pushing the idea of this guy was convicted by a jury of his peers and Governor Greg Abbott is going to try to pardon him. This is a complete usurpation of justice. Oh, my God. It's terrible. It's disgusting. Does it? Well, first of all, apparently the rule of law matters in this instance, but not if, you know, a judge has an injunction on an abortion pill. But even more interestingly, um, there's already some fascinating paperwork that's Oh man, documented legally. And that would be that the head detective in the case is on record stating that the DA's office forced him to leave out exculpatory evidence. Interesting. So when you bring up like now, is it possible that it was an act uh, that that it was a uh, uh, an activist jury? Sure. But the see, the left is going to go forward and say, well, this guy was convicted by a jury. He's obviously guilty. Boo. How like a jury convicted him of murder. There has to be something that these left that these that these dumb right wingers don't know. He must have had something because a jury convicted him. There was something like 150 slides in the, the head detectives presentation that he was going to present to the jury. The. DA's office trimmed it down to 52 Mm. and the detective was so uncomfortable with what was happening. He went on record with the legal counsel of his, uh, uh, of his police department and stated, I feel that I am being tampered with as a witness in this trial by the district attorney and that I am that my job and like my job is being threatened if I do not go through with this. But I am being tampered with as a witness and I'm being forced to leave out exculpatory evidence. I don't want to go to jail for this. Wow. That is on record. That is part of an official memorandum that was submitted by the detective during this case. Not only is it that the police found the man not guilty and then a Soros-funded prosecutor went forward with the charges anyway, not only did that happen, but that same prosecutor left out Brady evidence. Yeah. Which is a very interesting... It is a... Because if you think of a district attorney, I would have thought... Well, surely they will, you know, be champions of they. They won't be actively working to su- to suppress law and order, and destroy the rule of law. But here we are. 
where they are abs there these DAs people who've been through law school that have gone through all of this professional vetting seem to have no problem perverting the very system they have been sworn to uphold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because that's why they became DAs. They didn't right. become these people, these left-wing activists don't become district attorneys. They don't become attorneys general. They don't become judges because they want to uphold the law. They become those things because they want to change it. Right. And change it not in a way that'll benefit you or I. Change it in a way that is to our absolute detriment by its intention. Yeah, they want to weaponize the legal system against their enemies. Yes. Yeah. And that's absolutely. how they see it. They see this, they see the law as a weapon to be wielded. Yeah. Not as a search for truth, not as a search for justice, as a weapon to be wielded. They engage regularly in lawfare. Which is interesting because, like you say, lawfare, you only need to wield weapons when you're in a war, when you're in a fight. Mm -hmm. And it is probably good for us to think, to recognize that these people believe they are in a war against us and that they need to use weapons against us in this sense. Yeah, that is where they that's that is where the energy to act like to do this comes from. It's where the energy to fund the, the campaigns of these judges come from. It's where the energy of these activists to continue through their lives and become these these DAs it is because there is this contingent of people that is by no means small and is very well funded that actively believes they are engaged in a war against us and must use weapons against us in in that conflict mm -hmm. and now these weapons are generally things like lawfare or manipulating rules or passing biased laws or pushing forth assault weapons bans they are doing it because it is an act of aggression against us not for whatever other reason they happen to say no yeah and you're 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 exactly right and it, it's it's just it, it's so weird because the so the left is absolutely doing a full court press on a lot of things and it's so much and so quickly that they are contradicting themselves. Now remember, like that's that's the whole deal is um you have governors right now that are saying, I'm not gonna listen to this judge's order over this abortion pill, but they're also condemning Governor Greg Abbott for wanting to pardon a guy over a judge's order. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're saying no one is above the law, not even politicians. Oh, except for these, uh, two guys in Tennessee. Yeah. Like it's actually number one, I, I want to congratulate the right wing for doing a pretty good job now of fighting. They, I mean, they can yeah. always do better, of course, but they're pushing enough that the left is losing its damn mind. What's amazing and pretty much kind of like the last thing that we have to cap off for the show here as far as the subject goes is there was a transgender shooter like 10 days ago. And what's the left's reaction? Let's put Dylan Mulvaney in front of mm -hmm. regular Americans as the ambassador for transgenderism, which yeah, I, 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 I want to share this with the audience. I might have done it before, but I'm not sure. And I know Alan remembers this, but the first time I ever saw anything involving Dylan Mulvaney, I was like, nah, 
a bunch of right wingers got the wool pulled over their eyes. This is like a this is a comedian. This is doing a hoax. A this is a prank. This is yeah, a guy like, making these videos as a joke. Uh, this is a parody of yeah. a man it's as a male to female transgender influencer. Yeah, I thought I literally thought that a bunch of right wingers had fallen for like a Sam Hyde esque parody. Like, where, oh, like, this is a, this is a piece of performance art. This isn't serious. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's just like I I, I just didn't think it was real. And to be honest with you, I still don't. I don't think I don't think he's real. I think that this is all a farce. I think it's a giant joke. And at least I hope so, because if you're taking it serious, you're an idiot. Number well, one. I think like, it started as a joke. I don't know if it's a joke anymore. I think that it started as a joke. I think this Mulvaney guy started it as a joke. He also, his uh, he has a lot of connections, political connections. His family is heavily involved with a lot of elite sort of things. Um, so, like his his grandfather, like he comes from wealth. He might have started this as a joke, but then it's become picked up by the White House and all these other liberal institutions. So, whether it was a joke or not, maybe doesn't matter. What I think does matter is it is no longer a joke. People that are serious take his act seriously, and maybe he's even trapped in it now where he can't walk this back. It's insane because, so, for whatever reason, he's picking up a bunch of sponsorships from a bunch of corporate entities. As far as I can tell, the reason why these corporate entities are picking it picking him up is i imagine that somewhere in the contract it's either you pay me ten thousand dollars to be a brand ambassador or i'm going to my large social media following and calling your business transphobic because otherwise it makes zero sense whatsoever like why 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 would this uh, first of all are there like literally no transgenders in America that you have to pick this absolute ridiculous okay. joke of a human being? To be fair, while he is a ridiculous joke, he's not disgusting. He looks relatively normal. Differ. He looks relatively <laughs> womanish. Many of the other transgenders maybe are too disgusting to put on television. Oh, like fat and dumpy and gross. Uh, yeah, and... exactly. Like far too, far too disgusting. And or let's even, if this guy started doing this as sort of a joke or maybe just cynically as I know how I can get rich quick. Mm -hmm. It means he's not, might not be mentally disturbed like most like other serious transgenders. And therefore he would be able to conduct himself appropriately in normal situations. It's just so weird because this is somebody literally what is happening here is you have basically a bird-boned man mm-hmm. that acts... A twink, if you will. But twink's a good one, yeah. For those of you who don't know, that's a 20-something gay man um, <laughs> that is going in front of people and saying, I'm a woman, and then acting like the most disturbed... A portrayal of a woman that if I were to do it, I would be accused of sexism. Yeah. 
100%, I would be called a chauvinistic pig if I said, this is what women are. This is how women act. If I did that, I would be called a sexist pig. But because this dude's trans, every woman has to fucking clap. Yeah. Every woman has to clap and say, yes, you're so brave and beautiful. Any woman, I hope to God that right now we're just in a period where feminists are trying to figure out what they're supposed to do yeah, and the appropriate way to do it. Because one of the more, as disgusted as I am in the trans movement and how it is just basically like, it's funny because to be fair in one of these ways, it's like, if you want, if you decide that you're a woman, I kind of don't care. Uh, that's your own thing. You can do whatever you want. But when you decide that I have to see you as a woman, I have a right to say no. I have a right to not go along with this. And that's honestly, like, that is the position of most people when it comes to this. Most people opposed to the whole transgender thing is you don't get to ask me to call you something. You can call yourself whatever the hell you want, but you don't get to ask me to do it for you. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. It's really that simple. Like, that that was the the crux of protesting against transgenderism was people going, I'm not going to go along with your little fairy tale. You do you, but you don't get to make me do it. And they go, no, you have to do it. That's it. Like that's the whole crux of it. But what's amazing now is I can't help but sit here and say that like, I don't like the transgender stuff at all because it's basically, it is literally them trying to rewrite reality so they can do it with other things. But at the same time, if feminists are not going to stand up for what defines women, if feminists are not actually going to stand up for women, then you deserve to lose Mm -hmm. because I'm a man. You told me I'm not allowed to be involved in your stuff. Men are not supposed to be able to speak on women's issues. That was the whole thing when it came to abortion and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know women that aren't, very weirded out and very concerned when they see this kind of stuff, the kind of things when you look at whoever that guy was that was part of the nuclear agency under the um, uh, uh, Biden administration. Or oh, yeah. the guy, the, 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 the bald, disgusting transgender guy whose yeah. boyfriend dressed up like a dog when they had gross gay sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy. That guy that we put in charge of nuclear waste for some reason. Yeah. Or yeah, the... Weird. or. Or Dylan Mulvaney, who makes women seem ridiculous. Um, okay, cool. It's on you, women. You all have to stand up for what makes a woman a woman. Or Dylan Mulvaney gets to define it for you. I mean, they, well, and unfortunately, women are in the same boat as the rest of us. Even if they don't like it, what are they going to do to signal their discontent that isn't going to get them investigated by the Department of Homeland Security? Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. They end up getting listed as, and maybe that's the reason for the full oh, court Oh, I guarantee press. you, mm-hmm. anti, I guarantee you right now, people are writing up declarations for anti-trans sentiment should be considered um, a domestic form of terrorism. domestic terror. Anti-trans sentiment is probably a subheading under white supremacy. And we, as we all know, white supremacy is the biggest uh, domestic terror threat. Yeah. They're, uh, 
And at the end of the day, and this will basically be the final thought really for the show here is I, it's, it's not coincidence that they are letting men define what women are. They're going after your children and trying to take away your parental rights. And they are trying to disarm you all at the same time. These things are not a coincidence. And Mm -hmm. it is precisely that they are trying to push regular Americans to the breaking point. So they will finally snap, even commit the most moderate amount of violence. And then the Biden administration is going to turn around and make defiance illegal. Yeah. But luckily we have things like the Tennessee legislature doing the absolute right thing and saying, no, you violated our rules by supporting these protests. You're kicked out. And then we have things like the governor Abbott of Texas immediately tweeting out after the verdict in the Perry case was announced of, I am working to make sure this guy gets pardoned because this verdict is wrong. Yeah. So that is where the right needs to focus our use of essentially power is mm-hmm. we can't, there, there is no space for actual vigilante vigilantism because it's, that just is not going to be effective. But what is effective is using the system against itself because it is utterly unprepared to deal with that eventuality. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like it, it is like legitimately, um, I'm so glad to see people fight back. I really am. I just, mm-hmm. I am truly happy to see what I'm now, what I'm concerned about is how many of these people are going to, uh, how many of these people are going to get co-opted by crybaby right-wingers who are going to say nonsense where it's like, you know, we can't just keep pushing like this and like, oh, it's going to do bad for us and we need to focus on winning in 2024 and not about like open warfare against these people and wham. Well, I say, yeah, that is winning. Winning yeah. in 2024 and other elections is only going to be built on the back of serious potential to rock, knock back progressive reforms, progressive yeah. transformation of the country. That is the only platform that's going to win is I will roll things back to the way they used to be. I will set, keep to hold these people accountable. I will stop them from pulling their insane tricks. I will stop the left from being able to do the things they're doing. That is the winning message for any right-wing politician right now. I am promo- I, I'm promoting law and order, and I am stopping the left from abusing this, from abusing us. Those are the only two things you got to run on. Abortion, we'll deal with that later. Like immigration, you probably even have to say, well, we can deal with that later. But right now, we have to stop them from transforming the country first as a rear guard action. And when that is settled, something else can happen from there. That's absolutely it. And that's going to be it for the show. Uh, Be sure to tune in next Sunday where we come back at noon Eastern. And of course, go to subscribestar.com forward slash wrongthinkradio to sponsor the program for $2.99 a month. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast and happy Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. This is Wrong Think Radio.